0: Everything you see, everything you know began with a move of God's Spirit. Genesis 1, 1 through 3 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was without shape and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the watery deep. But the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. If the world could not begin without His Spirit, how do we hope to worship today if the Spirit is optional to us? We need His Spirit to rest on us. Because the Spirit didn't just begin all things, it is responsible for the rebirth and redemption of God's people. This is part of what Jesus came to give us. Luke 3.16 says, John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Be careful how you approach today. This is never just church. It's an opportunity to encounter and to receive. Galatians 3, 2-3 says, You receive the Spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Make this song a prayer as we sing it today. and Be patient as we linger within it. thank you for today. Thank you that that is what you were like, Father, that no matter what we do, no matter how far we run from you, when we turn around and look back, you're there with open arms waiting for us, no matter what. Father, I just ask that you be with us as we listen to your word today from Pastor Michael, that you'd open our hearts and minds to receive your truth this morning, to feel your love. In your name we pray, amen.
1: Jesus said, you're the light of the world, and we're going to dig into that passage a little bit today. And what I'm going to propose to you today is a little weird, but you're used to that, right? And I'm going to propose that Jesus' teaching of the light of the world was more than a metaphor, that there's a lot more to it than the imagery of it. It's important that we begin to see ourselves as light in the world, of course, to guide people to Christ. But what I want you to learn to accept, and and this is the journey of becoming, is that you are the light of the world in the same way and because of, but in the same way that Jesus is the light of the world, okay? And I, I believe that if we could get to a place that we could see the things that Jesus has acquired for us as things that are our, ours, we would stop trying and start trusting. And I think if we ever get to a place where we stop trying and we start trusting, then our faith gets an incredible fuel and power. And so today, I—does I anyone else room like sciency stuff? I mean, I only like it if it serves my purpose, but still. <laughs> I know you're sitting there going, "Oh, we know your kind." but I'll never be on the news because I don't like the same things. But anyway, in 2009, a bunch of Japanese scientists proved something that had been assumed for decades, and that is that the human body is actually luminescent, bioluminescence, they call. So every one of you is very much like a lightning bug, a glow worm. (laughs) And I know there are they're lightning bugs in your life. You'd love to put in a jar and shake real hard, but <sighs> that's not what I'm talking about. What I have up in front of you is the some of the photos from that. And the first photo is just of the man who was photographed. The second photo is of the bioluminescence that, uh, under certain times of day, they were able to photograph. That this guy actually glowed primarily from the throat and face. And then the last picture is a thermograph. So I wanted you to see that thermally, your body generates more heat in your chest and upper shoulders, but your light comes from your face and your throat. So I thought that was pretty cool. It's a proven fact now. This has been out good information for a long time. There was a a German doctor who said this, Fritz uh, Fritz Albert Popp, who's a theoretical biophysicist. I think his last name is pronounced Popp. He's German, and I don't want to attempt any other pronunciations <laughs> for fear that I would say something uh, crass. And you know me? I'm so worried about saying crass things. But anyway, um, <laughs> Dr. Pop, that's what we're going to call him. It's like Dr. Pepper, but Dr. Pop. he said, uh, "We now know today that man is essentially a being of light." And Dr. Pop studies, they were using light to cure people of all kinds of diseases, and he theorized that all human diseases basically are an overuse or underuse of light. And he was curing cancer back in the 70s with just light. And you've never heard of him for reasons I can't say, because your phones will pick it up and the NSA will tell the government. That was a joke, it's okay. You, you guys had to lighten up, all right? You gotta lighten up. I thought it was real. Yeah, that's
0: right.
1: <laughs> Where's your phone? Just someone saying your phone? He was kidding, he was kidding. All right, okay. Uh, So I just want you to see, uh, okay, every now and then I get a little hippie evangelical. And this is one of those things. This is one of those things that I think, in the beginning, God said, let there be light. And everything started from light. Everything was created from light. Everything is sustained by light. And I think you and I, okay, this is hippie. Please don't turn this over to your reform friends. I do not want to get called a heretic, so all right. But um, I think that we're eternal light that temporarily inhabits a house of clay. And then we return to the light from which we came. But that's that's hippie Michael, okay? You know, it's just, just a theory I have. So... What I want you to see though, the reason I brought this up and stirred up trouble and made the government angry this morning was because I want you to see when Jesus said, you're the light of the world, he meant more than a metaphor. This was not just an image to help you understand how you're supposed to work in the world. It works very well that way, but you are intended to be light in a very literal sense as well. So as we walk through this, I hope by the time we get to the end of it, you'll, like, you'll get excited about what that's gonna mean for you eternally. Okay? So, let's walk into some things that Jesus taught. <coughs> Matthew five fourteen. this is out of the Sermon on the Mount. It's part of the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount. You are the light of the world, like a city. On a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 16, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Uh, By the way, just so you know, I have certain phrases underlined in my notes that are on the screen. And it's usually because I'm about to pull some Greek out of those or I'm about to dig a little deeper into that particular sentence. So if you're taking notes, you might want to highlight the same things I do. It might make it easier for you to come back and study this later. So you're the light of the world. You are, this is what Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Now, if Jesus were talking about himself, which he did on an occasion, he said, I am the light of the world. I am. You are. Those are both being statements. Jesus is saying, I exist as the light. I happen as the light. I am now, in this present moment, the light of the world. You are the light. You exist as the light. You happen as the light. Does that make sense? I want you to see that that's when he tells you that you are, he's given you an I am statement. Why am I stopping here? Why am I stuck on this? Your I am's are what is shaping your life. You are becoming your I am. I mean, you need to remember this. You need to write it down. You need to think about it. And you need to watch what you say. Because all life in the world began with a declaration. And every time you make an I am statement, you are declaring something. So when your child says to you, I'm stupid, you stop them. They are not, because we live up to our I am's. If your spouse says to you, I am an idiot, you stop them. They are not, we live up to our I am statements. Does that make sense? We live in a world that is all about I am's. I am a plumber, I am a banker, I am a homemaker, I am a hunter, I am a CEO, I am a biker. Why is it that we are always slapping labels on ourselves because we have a deep desire to exist to happen significantly why because you're creating the image of god you were made for significance you were made to be a serious happening on the earth write that down when you got to this planet something very important happened in the universe you the light of the world The love of God in you. Does that make sense? So stop putting the wrong label on you. It's the enemy. You have an accuser and he's got those hello my name is name tags and he's got buckets of them and he's walking around all the time going hello my name is dumb, my name is failure, my name is not enough, my name is inadequate and he's just handing them out and we think they're our thoughts. And so we slap them on And we make these I am statements I'm going to tell you something I don't mean to get so serious Okay, but this is serious When Jesus tells you who you are When Jesus tells you who you are Take that label And that garbage rattle around in your head Tilt your ear and let it dump out, okay? Because when Jesus says You are the light of the world Take that Put that on and wear that with the glory it was intended. Amen? Yeah. You're the light of the world. Okay, so one of these things I need to help you with when it comes to the concept of light. When you hear when you, Jesus says you're the light of the world, and when you hear I'm the light of the world, you may think like lighthouse, car beam, LEDs in your house. Back up the clock 2,000 years. How did they get light? Sun, the reflection of the sun, the moon, the stars, fire, bonfire. Fire's really important because John the Baptist said, the one coming after me is gonna baptize you in water and in fire and in his spirit. And so when you think of you're the light of the world, don't think of yourself as a flashlight. Think of yourself as a bonfire. Think of yourself as a a candle in the darkness that, when put together, becomes a flaming fire. This is important. I think the concept of fire is really important to Christians today because our God is a consuming fire. And by by Jesus baptizing us in the Spirit and in fire, He's, in a sense, making us the same essence as the Father. Right? Right? If the Father's fire, and you're the light of the world, he's using the word phos, which in that world would have drawn back to fire, to to the sun, which the sun is a big flaming ball of gas. (sighs) Sorry, I learned that off a Disney movie. Excuse me. So think of this, and here he's telling us you are the phos of the world, the cosmos, and that all the people, the anthropos, and so he's saying that, that the whole... World sees you, all the people see you shine so you can be seen. Shine. This is important because shining is what we're here to do. Let your light shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light, and y'all got to get some soul in you if you're gonna nail that one, all right? So it's okay, I won't won't do anymore. (laughs) He wants, God wants the world, the the people in the world, to see your light. good works. The word good means beautiful. It means excellent, handsome, eminent. And works is the word ergon, where we get our word toil. It's acts. And so he wants the world to see your beautiful deeds, your beautiful doing, your beautiful doing. And that's something that can only be done from him as source, not from you as effort. This really is important. It's this, our misunderstanding of this is why Christians and churches get labeled as hypocrites. Because we're trying to do good works, but we don't feel good about them. They're coming from our strength and not his. see what I'm saying? And what happens is, I know you've probably never done this, but maybe you have. Sometimes you do good things, but you actually feel like you're wearing a mask and hiding some things about yourself. Those aren't good works. Those may help people. Those may bless people. I'm not saying that those aren't helpful to someone. They happen all the time. But for something to be beautiful, it has to be free of self. It has to be free of sin. And it has to be filled with the righteousness of God for it to be truly beautiful. And I know our human effort side would say, well, just, just try and fake it till you make it. That's what hypocrisy is. That is what, isn't it? (laughs) And so I'm not saying don't do good things. I'm saying start at a different place. That's what our, the whole concept of the love of God's about. Instead of coming to a place to get people to like me, to get acceptance from humans, to get acceptance from God, instead of trying to work from there, work from a place of complete acceptance. I am loved, I am enjoyed and I'm not serving you because I don't, whatever I would do for you, I'm not doing it because I want anything from you. That's powerful. That's actually what light is. That's shine, let those lights, let those beautiful deeds come out because this is who you are. I mean, if Jesus says you are the light of the world, who are you to argue with that, right? So this is who you are. You don't have to try. You just have to get out of the way of what God's doing in your life. Does that make sense? This isn't hard. This is easy. Well, it's simple, right? So this leads us into a place where it gives light into all that are in the house. So I'm I'm an early riser, not by choice. This morning I woke up at 3 a.m., I think there's some kind of appointment in heaven at three, and God has made sure I've made that thing for a week straight. I am, wow, I'm tired. Anyway, so <laughs> so uh, I said that to get your sympathy, but also to say, most mornings I stagger out of the bathroom where you know, you get ready in the light, and then you turn out the light, and you walk, we walk into our bedroom, or I walk into our bedroom, where it's dark because my wife, who is the sane one, is still sleeping and I'm trying not to wake her up, but there's a problem. And that's, I'm in a room filled with light and all of a sudden the light goes out and now I'm in a room that's pitch black. I have no night vision whatsoever. And so every morning we play this game of whether or not Michael is gonna kick the bed and say bad words. (laughs) And my wife knows this. If she hears me, she will wake up just to try and save me from hurting myself. (laughs) Now, she could just lay there in the dark and shout things like, be careful, watch out for the end of the bed, don't hurt yourself. Those are the kind of things we would do and they're completely unhelpful, right? Because you're in the dark, you don't know where the corner of the bed is, you don't know where anything is, you're just trying to walk with your toes tucked in Try and not hurt yourself, right? Everybody knows what I'm talking You guys are feeling my pain, right? There's an easy solution to this problem, which I'm not asking my wife to do. But rather than trying to shout in the dark, why not just turn on a light? Why did I, why did I use this illustration? I think Christendom is guilty of shouting in the dark. When what we're here to do is shine a light. You. See what I mean? You're like, oh, that's good, but what does it mean? How do, I sh- how do I shine a light? Think about it. What if Christians, whew, if I get into trouble here, I'm sorry, my number's 307-371-453. You can just chew me out all you want to later, Okay. But what if Christians actually lived the gospel they told people about? I mean, and it began to change our lives. And we started to act like beautiful, deed people. And it wasn't because we were trying or hiding or trying to get accepted. It's just because we were filled with the love of our Father and we enjoyed it. And we began to, uh, people began to look at our lives, and they would come to work with us on Monday morning. Okay, this is where I'm going to meddle. You know how Monday morning is, right? Oh, my gosh, it's Monday morning. All the zombies going back to work. Oh, I can't take it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <sighs> Sorry. I spare you guys more than you know. I, I, just, I just want you to know there are moments I stop and it's so good that I do. What if, what if you, though, started Monday differently? What if you didn't start a day with dread because you had to get through a difficult day or life or week or project or conflict? What if you started your day in a place of love and acceptance, a place of enjoyment of your father, a place knowing that he would empower everything that's needed that day. And you could go to work and even though everyone else is running around like chickens with their heads cut off, you guys know what that expression, yeah, okay. And everyone's in chaos and you showed up in peace. And you showed up in joy. What if the gospel, the good news about Jesus, the acceptance of the Father, the blessing of the Holy Spirit, what if those things began to change your relationships in your marriage, in your friends, with your children? What if those things began to change your finances? I don't know if you know this, but the gospel is for everything. It covers it all. The word sozo is where we get our uh, our word salvation, and it literally covers everything. And so any part of your life that needs saved, that's what the gospel's for. And if people believe that, if we walked in that, I'm not saying you wouldn't have hard days. I'm not asking you to fake it. Please don't. What I want you to do, what I struggle and try to do myself, is just be authentic. I spent seven years at McDonald's, and it was a great job and very difficult some days. I had employees. Anyone else here have employees? I love employees as they're leaving. I promoted so many employees to customer, you would be amazed. And I know you don't think that about me, but it's true. There were days I did not realize I had an anger problem until about 20 minutes into my first shift at McDonald's. And then I realized, me and Jesus, we had to have a come to Jesus meeting pretty much every day. Here's what I learned in a very stressful environment. Authenticity. And this is great for parents. It's great for spouses. It's great when someone says, you know what? I was wrong. I didn't handle that well. I could have done it better. And I'm sorry. Bam, people call us hypocrites because we don't do that. Not because we make mistakes and goof up, because we hide our mistakes behind mass and false religion. Does that make sense? I didn't say that to make you feel guilty. I said that to help you get to your father and to realize and to take the pressure off. You don't have to be perfect, you just need to be real. You don't have to be perfect, you just need to be real. Why? Because Jesus died for everything wrong with you, and there's forgiveness and grace for every bit of it. Amen? And everyone in your life, I should also say that. Okay? All right. So this is what moves us into light. So I'm really trying not to do an hour-long message today, so I'm going to bear with me. Okay? So, but that last little bit was not in my notes, so now, I'm, all right, so I'm <laughs> Your eye is like a lamp, Luke eleven thirty four, that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it's unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you're filled with light with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant, as though a floodlight or a bonfire were filling you with light. I think the way one of the ways that we over we become light in our world we become what we were intended to be, what we're made to be, what we really are, but we enter into it by faith, is that this simple truth is that you become what you behold in life. The things you look at are the things that draw you close. You see, you cannot use, and I'm speaking this to all of you, but you young adults, as you are exploring your faith, trying to figure out the things that you believe, and I encourage that journey, It needs to be real. You should never just accept things. You should explore things and let the Holy Spirit let God show you and reveal things to you. But you cannot, with that being said, you cannot use the darkness to find the light. The world is darkness. The the prince of this world is the prince of darkness. What that means is, is that everything outside of Christ is darkness, which means it is shades of gray. It's not really light, but if you see a shade of gray compared to something that's pitch black, that shade of gray can look like light. Does that make sense? So as you explore your faith, and you should, no matter what your age, as you grow in your understanding of God, of scriptures, of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit, of the world in which you live, understand the world has nothing for you. The truth is not out there. The truth is in Jesus, who is the light of the world. The truth is in the Father, who is the light. The truth is in the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher and brings us to the light. Does that make sense? Chat GPT will not take you to the light. Yes, you could. Uh, If you haven't used AI, yes, I could get an, an accurate gospel presentation from Chat GPT. And it would not take you to the light. Bard, any of those things, the internet doesn't have it. We have to stop looking at things, conferences, and people for the light. We have to look to the light. My job as your pastor is to point you to the light, not to me. You hear me? If I drop dead today, I hope I don't. Well, I don't know, maybe. (laughs) You don't need me. My gift is helpful, and I'm glad to give it. But I'm not here to you don't need me. Because you have the Holy Spirit in you, and he's the teacher. And what's happening right now as I talk and make all these buried connections is the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Chances are very good that you're getting things from the Holy Spirit that I'm not even saying. That's what you need. Does that make sense? All right, good deal. The world's darkness. And as long as you need, by the way, I'll throw this out there uh, as long as you need the next conference, the next speaker, the next book, the next whatever to maintain your faith. I don't mean this as an insult, but it's, the tr- it's just a simple reality. Your faith is immature. doesn't mean you don't have a faith. It just means you have not reached maturity as yet. Because maturity is not biblical knowledge. It's not a Sunday school diploma. Michael Maynard has graduated from Sunday school. There is no such diploma. Maturity, according to Romans, is actually impulsiveness. And are you sitting there go, "What? No, I'm teaching my kids not to be impulsive. Impulsive in the way that you respond to the father's voice. Maturity is responding to what the father is guiding you into. The more quickly that we respond, the more maturity we have. Okay. If you didn't get that, that's okay. Write it down. The Holy Spirit will reveal it to you later at another time. Okay. It's fine. My point is that you need to look at something that is light and we know that God is light. We know that in him is no darkness at all. We know that Jesus is the light of the world, which means that Jesus is the, the expression of the God who is light of on the world that can be seen. We, this, we know simply by what the scripture says, what What we also see in this passage is a word, um, you'll be full of light as when the light shines upon you, different expressions from it, different words about light. The the words used for light here are words that could be translated lightning, uh, fire, those kind of things. But without getting into the Greek too deeply, let me just kind of summarize what he's saying. He says, let your eye be full of light. Let Let the light come in and be, fill every dark part of you. And the word he's using implies braiding or intertwining. So he's saying, intertwine, braid yourself. I can't braid, obviously, or I tie myself in knots. But braid yourself with the light. Why is this relevant? Because I think we intertwine with darkness. I think we're looking at the darkness all the time. Praising the darkness by saying, Look how bad things are. Look how difficult it is. Look at what our leaders have done. Look at our financial realities. Look at our health realities. Look at the darkness. Look how bad it is. That is not intertwining with the light, that's intertwining with the darkness this is why jesus says fill yourself with light let it fill every corner of yourself how do we do that the only way to do that is to to look at and glare at the light i know you've never tried to stare at the sun because all of you look smarter than that good isn't it interesting that god would put a ball of the fire in the sky so bright that your human eyes cannot look upon it without damaging those human eyes. If God is light, and he is the creator of light, which he created days before he actually created the sun, by the way. He created the light first, the sun came later. If God is light and he put a sun in the sky, you can't even look at, what is that telling you about the God who is light? It's telling you that the only way you're going to get to look at him is to become light. Oh, which might be why Jesus said, you're the light of the world. And so, if you want to change your life and your belief systems and run the darkness out of your heart, stop looking at the darkness and everything that's wrong and start looking at the God who is light and his son who's the light of the world and his spirit who is the teacher of both of them. Amen? This is how we change our hearts. This is how we change our beliefs. By the way, the same idea of braiding is the same. It's, the concept is actually car- captured also in Isaiah 40, 31, where he tells us to mount it with wings like eagles. The, the, this intertwining concept. This is the relationship God wants with us, is what I'm trying to tell you. He does, this idea that God is out here going, man, I'm, I'm going to get them today. That is not who the Father is. The Father is like you and your children or grandchildren. You want them in your arms. You want them wrapped up as tight as you can get them. You want to be intertwined with them because your love is so profound that it has a hard way of... It's hard to express all of it. And that's how the Father is with you. Does that help a little bit? Understand how this intertwining concept works? You look at that and it begins to change who you are. Now we move from this thing. Do you look for... We become what we behold. John 12, 26 says, put your trust in the light while there's still time, then you'll become children of the light. And so we move from a place of looking at the Father to trusting in the Father. And that is where our faith begins to to expand and grow. Now, all right, you're the light of the world. You become what you behold. Behold the Father who's light who's the Son. And the Son who is the light of the world. Now, what of us? What happens? What? Where are we going? What's happening here? You're the light of the world. Is that just, we're supposed to be evangelists or is there something more to that? So there's something more. So I need you to hang on. This is good. And if you don't get it right now, pray because this is good. See how very much our father loves us. Whew. That's a good place to start. Right? That's That's a good place to start every day right there, John 3, 1. See how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children, and that's what we are. It's an I am statement. That's what we are. That's what we exist as. We happen to this planet as children of God. People who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. They don't know. They don't understand. They don't get you. That's normal. Okay? Okay. It's okay if they don't get you. Dear friends, we're already God's children. He's not yet shown us what we'll be like. Aha. He's hinting at a change on the horizon. He hasn't shown us what we're going to be like, but when Christ appears, hang on, I missed the word. We're already God's children. He's not shown us what we'll be like when Christ appears, but we know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. You're the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Everyone's looking at you going, I don't know about you. And Jesus is coming back, and we don't know what what he's gonna reveal about who we are, but when he comes back, we're gonna be what he is. Okay? And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. Single-minded, focused, facing, they will, they will look to the light, not the dark. Okay? One more passage I want to give you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. We love that. That's awesome. Jesus at the right hand of the Father. Think, But we're in him, according to Ephesians 1, but that's another sermon. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. This is one of my favorite passages. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And here's my favorite part. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all, all, say all, all his glory. I can't dance, but if I could, man, I would make, I would, y'all would go like, he's a Pentecostal today. Whew. Imagine the transfiguration of Jesus. He's looking at his father. That's the word for prayer, pros, face to face. He's looking at his father and he's enjoying his father so much that the shell of his temporal vanishes into the reality of his person. What he looks like fades into who he is like. And all of a sudden, his flesh, all that stuff you can't see anymore because who he really is is so profound and so bright. I mean, he's wearing a lightning suit, man. He's, he's, they, they can't even find words. I mean, John's trying to find words to describe what he's seeing. He can't find them. And he's looking at Jesus, and this is Jesus in his, in his human form. But he's, he's staring at his Father. He's becoming like what he's looking at. And he's looking at his Father, and and, and who he is overcomes everything that he exists as on this planet, his human form. And that's what his disciples see. That is a glimpse of the appearing, which is the word that is used in John 3 and in Colossians 3. Jesus is going to appear. He's going to be revealed. And everyone's going to see him. And they are not going to see a Jewish dude covered in blood, hanging on a cross. They're going to see the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the champion of champions. They're going to see a warrior. They're going to see the one who's going to rule the rod of iron. They're going to see the one who's going to fix everything. By the way, that is my political party, that one, all right? So I am, if the, I don't know what you call the Jesus party, but that's the one I'm on, all right? Okay, here's the thing, here's the thing. When he appears, you will look just like him. You will look just like him. You see, you're gonna live this life and you're gonna start believing that God loves you. I'm gonna pound it into your heart the best way I am able to. And as you believe in God's love, And as you believe in your acceptance, it's gonna change your life, and you are gonna start living as light in the world, and people are not gonna get you. They're gonna go, what's wrong with Christy? I ask that all the time, so it's normal. (laughs)
0: Like
1: she's calm when things are difficult. She's got peace when everyone else has chaos. She worships and sings when everyone else is praising and talking about the bad news. She's looking at her father. What's wrong with her? Well, one of these days, Jesus appears and everyone sees what he is. And in the same instant that he appears, she appears. And who she really is, the light of the world, gets seen for who she really is. And here's what's going to happen all over the planet one of these days. Everyone's going to be looking at these people who were light in their life and they're going to go, Oh, I get it now. They were light. They were, they were right. They were holy. They were good. They were all these things. They acted different because they were different. (sighs) That's you. That's you. I uh, Yeah. (laughs) So I have a, I have a belief. Don't, don't, don't just write me off for what I'm about to say. Have mercy, maybe consider what I'm thinking about. I don't think Jesus is coming back to rescue us. I don't think he's coming back to rescue us from the darkness. I, I think he put us here to do great harm to the darkness. And here's why. Jesus used some words that were very, very unique for his time. Two words that have just rattled my world about end times. First, he called his church the ecclesia, the assembly. That term had never been used in religious terms. It was a secular term at the time. It was a reference to a group of people sent out from Greece to establish Grecian culture In a foreign land and so they would send out a an ecclesia, an assembly and they would go establish greek culture in another place that they were going to go to and by the time they went there hellenization this is how they hellenized the world they made it greek had taken place and everyone understood greek culture and here's what happened all these greeks had moved to this place and they had friendships they had resources from another place And they were living in wealth and comfort in the midst of these barbarian places. And people were like, that looks way better than what we got. And so they wanted it. And so that's how the world was Hellenized or made Greek. Okay? Another word Jesus used the word apostle. Do you know who led those ecclesias? Apostles. These are not religious terms. They were not religious terms until Jesus made them religious terms. So here's what I think. Now, this is just Michael thinking, okay? You don't, I know you're sitting there going, oh, I don't agree with you. It's okay. You don't have to agree with me. I told you, this is hippie Michael bringing it out today. You're just getting to see a little weirdness within me. I think when Jesus comes back, he's coming back to high-five the champions, not rescue the losers. Amen. That's what I think he's doing. <laughs> I know some of you are going, I don't know. I don't know. It's okay. It's okay. You can think about this. You can chew on this. But what if? What if we are here to establish a kingdom culture filled with love and grace and and powerful, miraculous things because we're getting resources from our homeland. And so here we are. and, And people look at us and they don't see miserable people like they are. They see real people who have real problems, but who work through them with grace and with peace and, and and have joy. And they have all the fruits of the Spirit, which I won't list off, but they have all these things. They begin to see them. And, and what happens when you begin to see people in your life and you start thinking, they got something figured out that I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Then you start to go, I think I want to be their friend. I'd like to know what they know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was part of Jesus' plan. Not all of it. But I think that was part of it. And I hope today, my heart, regardless of whether you agree with the last five minutes or 10 or however long it was of, of my view on the end of things. I'm, by the way, technically I'm a pan-millennialist. I think it's all gonna pan out somehow. <laughs> that's, that's it. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> I, I just, y- y- it's hard for me to, to pick a side because I know too much at this point, you know. And so I, I don't know about men's theology, but boy, I know Jesus. And I love what he's doing. And I love the fact that he's coming back for a pure and holy bride, Ephesians chapter five. So what I want for you today, though, is I want you, one, to realize if I can look at my father more, it'll change my life. And two, because this is what drove the early church. They were anxious. They were, anxious not the right word, they were excited for Jesus to return. And I don't think it was a rescue mission. I, don't think, I think that's what the point of Revelation is about, the book of Revelation is about, because it says, it is given to encourage the people who are being persecuted. Right there in the first chapter, it gives you the purpose of that book. And, and what I see is happening is that if we can begin to realize that when Jesus appears, when the light of the world appears, then who we really are also appears. Because we're in him. He's in us. We are what the Father says we are because Jesus did what he did for us. We don't have, we don't get any credit. I mean, we're not like, yeah, look how awesome I am. We're not that. We're changed because of the grace and love of God. Not by our human efforts. We're changed by receiving the Father's love and reflecting that love. Not by how hard we work. And love. I don't know. Love sent the Son of God down a rough road and up a rough cross through a tomb. That's love. And it changed Him. It did. It changed Him. But it changed everything. Jesus is coming back, and when he appears, I appear, and you appear. You're more than you know, because God has done more in you than you have yet to believe. Let's pray. Forget can have the worship team. Excuse me. Father, I thank you for this morning and this opportunity to talk about Jesus and talk about the love of God. Talk about victory. I guess I should have said something about how often it looks like you lose right before you overwhelmingly conquer, but there I said it. Father, I just thank you that we have so much promise for us and hope ahead of us. Kevin, if you could just play a little something. I pray, Lord God, that you would settle upon our hearts right now and just help us begin to believe. To believe in the Father's heart toward us, for us, his intent from us. I pray that you would take that belief and it begin to erase the need for mass and lies and fear and worry from our lives. I pray for the person who walked in today and there's probably many who are, who are afraid, who are suffering, who are struggling, and they're just, they're just caught in the shadows because the enemy has done something to shade their life. And Lord, I pray that you would show them hope that they may be caught in a shadow, but they are not a shadow. In fact, they are light, and they are one moment of faith away from dispelling all the shadows in the light. They are one moment of faith and belief and trust and mind change or repentance away from driving the enemy back into the darkness from whence he came. I pray that you'd show this room full of glaring light who they are. What they're intended to be, what they're going to be. We don't know yet what we're going to be, but we know when Jesus appears, we're going to see him like he is. And then we're going to look at ourselves and see that we're just like him. Man, that's exciting. And it fights everything in us, all the failures, all the mistakes, all the the unrighteousness, the dumb things we've done, the, the, the broken relationships, the pain, the traumas, the abuses, the failures. But oh Lord, that's the truth. All that other stuff is the shades of gray. I pray that you would set your people free. I pray that you would release them because that's that's what Jesus said. I've come to free those that are bondage, to open prison doors, to open blind eyes, to heal. And that's what I ask you to do, Jesus. This is your heart for your kids, your children. And I'm really excited about your appearing, by the way. <laughs> can't wait till the world sees you or who you really are. I pray that you would awaken hearts. I pray that we'd hear you,
0: and we'd start to believe, and we'd start to become. In Jesus' name.